So he talks about the worst job you ever had. I think it's only fair that you hear the worst job that I've ever had, right? So I'm going to tell you about that. Uh, you can hear a little bit about me, a little bit about my story. Again, my name is Matt. Uh, worst job I ever had. So Jackie and I, my wife Jackie is in, the, is in the back there. She's on piano as well. Love her very much. Uh, Jackie and I, when we first got started in ministry, first got started in Chi Alpha as staff. This is many years ago. Our children were very little. They're babies, toddlers. And we're just getting started in ministry, just starting to um, raise the money that's necessary to do uh, a ministry like this, right? To do a ministry like now. We're raising money from churches and generous donors that give that allow us to be on campus to um, and meet with students and love on students, right? So we're in the process of raising that. We're not to the place where the money coming in from that is enough to make all the ends meet, right? You guys, you guys have had a week like that, a month like that, where there's like, there's not enough money here to do all the things that we need to do. So I'm looking at part-time job, right? I'm looking at other options. What can I do to, to, to make a little bit of extra money? And talking to people at church, asking them to pray with me, trying to see if there's any leads, you know, what's some job that I can do on the side to make a little extra money, right? And so I talked to this guy, his name's Michael, he's at our church, uh, and Michael owns a mold removal company, right, that he operates, a mold removal company. He said, you know what, I need some extra help, you can come and work for me. And I said, yeah, let's go. And so I signed up to work with, with Mike, uh, doing, doing mold removal, and so I said, hey, come and meet me at this house, right? I'm going to have you uh, crawling in the crawl space under the house to do this mold removal. I said, okay. And he said, wear some clothes that you don't mind getting dirty, right? He said, okay, I, I can clothes that don't mind getting dirty. What he should have said is like clothes that you're never ever going to want to wear again, ever see again, that you're just going to want to like leave in the dumpster when you leave there. Uh, anyway, I didn't know that yet. So I showed up in clothes that want to get dirty. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen what a crawl space looks like under a house, seen a house set up that way. Uh, it's basically just the mud, the dirt that's under the house right there on the ground. And it's not very tall, right? They're just a couple, couple feet tall. So I'm down in my belly doing like an army crawl kind of style to get to get under this house. He says, what you're going to do, you're going to go in there, and there's some insulation, some fiberglass insulation under this house, and the crawl space has gotten wet, and it's gotten moldy and gross. We need to pull all that out, spray the mold killer chemicals, and we're going to put new insulation in. And I need you to crawl in there and pull out all this moldy, nasty insulation. All right. I love this already, right? So I'm wearing a mask. This is before pandemic times. I'm wearing a mask. I don't breathe in like that fiberglass and, and mold and whatnot kind of stuff. I'm wearing that mask. I got a little headlamp on because it's dark in there. And I'm crawling on my belly in the mud, right? In like, in like a two, two feet tall space. Crawling through nasty, moldy fiberglass insulation. There's also cobwebs, spiders crawling on me. And, and, and I've been I've been there for several hours. I crawl for, as far as I can crawl back there to get some moldy insulation. And I bring it back out of the house. Repeat, crawl as far as I can, get some old insulation, pull it out until it's all out of there. And then it took several hours. And in the middle of it, in the middle of it, right? I'm on my belly, in the mud, spider crawling on me, moldy insulation everywhere. And I think to myself, this cannot be my purpose in life, right? This cannot be what I do with the rest of my life. God, this cannot be the reason you put me on this planet. Maybe there's somebody that loves this. Love being in the mud with the spiders in the mold. They love that. They're all about it. God, this cannot be my purpose, right? God, remember, I don't still, I don't still do that. In fact, I think I only did that for a few weeks, and I'm like, my mom, I'm gonna cut out this man. I can't keep doing this. That was not my purpose in life. Maybe you guys have had that moment where you said, I'm not cut out for this. This is not my purpose. This God, this can't be what you put me here for. Tonight, we're gonna talk a little bit about purpose and calling. What did God put you on this planet to do? 
There's going to be a quote up here I want you to take a look at. Some of you guys have seen this quote before. It may popped up on like an inspirational Instagram feed or something. This is Ernest T. Campbell. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Some of you guys are like, ooh, that's inspiring, right? Some of you guys say, oh, I don't know if the day that I was born made that big an impact on me. I was maybe I don't remember it at all. Maybe you say, well, it's maybe the day I get married. Probably the biggest, most important day of my life. The day I hold my child for the first time. Okay, that's fine. But the day you find out why, what does that mean? The day you find out your purpose. God, this is why you made me. This is why you had me on planet Earth. This is what I was made to do. Maybe maybe you guys have felt that before. Maybe you guys have, maybe you musicians, when you're playing your instrument, you're you're performing, you're like, I love this. This is what I was made to do. Some of you guys are athletes, and when you're on the court, when you're on your field, when you're kicking the ball, throwing the ball, doing stuff unrelated to balls, other sports, and you're like, man, I love this. This is, man, I'm thriving here. This feels like I'm just in the zone. This is what I was made to do. God, I feel like this is why you made me. And some of you guys said, man, I don't even know what that is for me. I've not figured that out yet. And that's okay. <laughs> that's 100% okay. Man, it's totally okay. But man, that, that's a big deal to find your purpose. Find why God has you here on the earth. And a little bit about my story. When I turned 18, graduated high school, I was one of those that had absolutely no idea. God, I have no idea what you want me to do with my life. Absolutely no idea. Is that anybody else to be brave enough to say, God, well, no. Thank you for your honesty and bravery there. Yes. Uh, I had no idea. So I'd become a Christian uh, a few years prior, and a lot of my Christian guy friends were going off to, to Bible college. I mean, I feel called to be a pastor. I'm going to go to this Bible college. I feel called to do this and ministry. I'm going to go over here. I'm like, God, I'm a Christian. Don't you want me to go to Bible college? And just did not, did not feel leading that way, right? So I'm like, okay, God, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. You know, some of you guys, again, are in that same boat. Uh, some of you guys maybe have known, again, what you wanted to do since you were four years old. Or maybe you have a friend who just has their whole life planned out, right? They, they know exactly what they're going to study. Uh, they know where they're going to grad school. They know who they're going to marry. They know how many kids they're going to have. They know where they're going to live, right? Some of you guys, that's maybe you. Some of you guys maybe have a friend that, that way that has it all planned out. Well, that wasn't me at all. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I applied. I applied to college. Uh, oh, i got to pick a major, right? So I'm looking at the list of majors. And I just picked the advertising, because alphabetically, it was one of the first ones listed, right? So the advertising, cool, I can do that. I like advertisements, you know, man, I can be creative with that. Um, and, and so I said, sure, let's go, let's do advertising. I know, I know we have some marketing, communication, advertising folks in here represent. Um, and, and so I didn't know for sure that I wanted to work for an ad firm and sit behind the desk and, and make commercials. I, I don't know, it's just, it just something to do. Uh, God, God, what's my purpose? Well, why, do you, why, do you have me, why do you have me on this plane? Uh, get involved in college, man. One of the very first few weeks on campus, I connected with a ministry called Pine Alpha. Um, met, met some guys there that invited me to their small group. Met in the basement of a dorm. They studied the Bible together. Uh, these guys were a huge influence on me, a huge encouragement to me. I started getting really involved in that ministry. It became a family for me, like a home away from home, a second family, a second set of brothers and sisters that really welcomed me in. Uh, I said, man, God, I really do feel like I belong here. I still don't know what I'm doing with my life, but I feel like I belong here, right? Like I can job with these people, uh, and, and this feels right, this feels good. Um, uh, and I got approached about leading a Bible study, you know, leading a life group, leading a small group. It's like, okay, man, I, I can maybe do that. And so I started to do that a little bit. It's like, wait, this feels really good. Man, I, I like teaching the Bible. Like, I, I like explaining things. I like talking about God with people. I like sharing Jesus with people. I'm enjoying 
Independence, right? My, the, the campus pastor there, his name's Chuck. I look forward to today. All of you guys get a chance to meet Chuck Lester. Some of you guys have before. Um, and he said, I want you to go to this ministry conference, right? Get some more training about how to do ministry on campus, the Bible study, those kind of things. And it was at this conference in Bellingham, Washington. That's a little north of Seattle. That God called me and said, man, this is what I want you to do with your life. I want you to give your life to reaching university students, to sharing Jesus uh, with college students. And of course, he confirmed it several other times after that, but I began to experience this feeling that when I began a conversation on campus with somebody and talking about Jesus with somebody, talking about the Lord, that thing inside you that's like, yeah, I was made for this, really started to resonate, really started to, oh, okay, God, this is why you made me, right? And I had that feeling of like, okay, God, this, this is my purpose. This is what, this is why you had me on the planet Earth. I love our college students, man. To talk about deep philosophical stuff with college students, to cut up and laugh and be silly with college students, to share the hope I found in Jesus with them, to see lives transformed for the glory of God. Man, we've seen absolutely amazing things in the last several years of ministry. Just God doing incredible things in the lives of students and young adults. I mean, I know for sure, God, this is my purpose. This is why you have me here. This is, this is what you made me to do. Tonight we're kicking off a brand new series that's going to take us through the next several weeks. And the nature of the series is going to be a little more clear by the end of tonight. Um, but to kind of give you an idea of where we're going, we're going to be talking about these ideas of calling and purpose. What is the purpose of your life? Right? What's the purpose of your life? What does God put you on this earth to do? What does God put you on this earth to say? And what's a message that God's given you for your friends, for your peers, for this generation? That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And so we're going to explore these ideas through the lens of the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. Somebody say Jeremiah. Jeremiah. We're going to look at Jeremiah. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 1 uh, is where we're going to find ourselves. Jeremiah was a prophet to the kingdom of Judah. So Judah was the southern kingdom that had split off from Israel, right? So you have a northern kingdom of Israel, a southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, Both of these kingdoms had experienced times that they were far from God. They kept turning to uh, serve idols, to serve the false gods of the neighboring regions. Uh, And because of that, judgment would come upon them. And and the nation of Israel had already been taken away into captivity, conquered by a foreign nation. All that's left was Judah. Jeremiah was a prophet to the nation of Judah. God called him to prophesy to the people in Judah and say, hey, turn away from your idols, turn away from your sins, and turn back to God. God loves you. Turn away from these evil things and return to God again. That's the message God gave to proclaim to them. And not only that, but if you don't turn away from these these sins, don't turn away from this wickedness, there's going to be judgment that's going to come upon you in the form of these neighboring countries that hate you are going to conquer you and take you into captivity. And of course, we know that's exactly what happened. But this is the message that God gave Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah opens with God's call on his life and the Lord calling him into ministry to be a prophet to God's people. So let's take a look at it. Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 4. Jeremiah 1, starting in verse 4. It says this, The Lord gave me this message. This is God speaking. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah responds, verse 6, O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you, 
and say whatever I tell you, and don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Verse 9, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth. And he said this, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. I put my words on your mouth. God's calling. What would it be like to hear a message like this from God? Right? And you're, you're in a time sitting in God's presence. You're in a time of prayer. Actually, I don't know that we're told what Jeremiah was doing necessarily, but they, to, hear, to hear this word from God, right? to hear God speak in this way and say, hey, I'm going to use you to be my messenger. I'm going to give you words to speak. I'm going to put my words in your mouth and you're going to proclaim them to people. What would that be like, right? Be humbling, intimidating, scary, like all those things. Maybe awe-inspiring. Maybe a little like, oh, me, God? Like, you think, you think enough of me? Maybe a little motivating? Probably a zillion different emotions. And Jeremiah was probably feeling all of that. And we know a little bit of what he was feeling, saying, God, actually not me, though, right? Anybody but me? I'm too young. I can't do it. I'm inexperienced. He gave him all these reasons why it couldn't be him. Um, that probably would have been a lot of us, too. Just as God had a plan for Jeremiah, it says even before he was born. It said even before you were born, I already had a plan for you, right? And I really believe just as God had a plan for Jeremiah, he has a plan for each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Now that plan may not be for you to be a prophet to a nation, right? That plan may not be for, 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 for your life to look like Jeremiah's necessarily or to have his exact message. You hear me on that? But God does have a plan for your life. He does have a purpose for your life and he wants you to know it so that you can walk in it and fulfill it. God has a purpose and a plan for you as well. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not random molecules bouncing around in a meaningless universe. You're not. God created you. He made you for a specific purpose, and He loves you. If you've never been told that, God loves you. He really loves you. He made you on purpose and with purpose. Psalm 139, verse 16. This is King David. He's writing the psalm. He says, You saw me before I was born. That sounds a whole lot like what we just read in Jeremiah. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So David says about God, God, you know my whole life, even before the very first day started, right? Even before I was born, you had my whole life right, already figured out. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose for me. I'm not an accident. I'm not a mistake. And there's, there's not a human being here that's a mistake or an accident. Maybe you were a surprise to your parents, but not to God, right? You didn't catch God by surprise. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. Before your folks even thought about getting together, he had a plan for you. And he had a plan for it. Every day of your life, the trajectory of your life, how he wanted to use you for his glory. How he wanted to use you to make an impact in your city, in your generation. Words he wanted to give you to speak, to influence others. God has that plan for you. If you'll let him use you that way. Right? So, so this is what David says. Even before you were born, you had every detail in my life. Every single day, uh, every, every moment was laid out before a single day came to pass. God created you. God created you on purpose and with purpose. Scripture tells you that He created you in His own image. You guys know that? You're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. Genesis tells us this. Man, let us create men, men and women in our own image, in the image of God. He made them. And so each and every one of us human beings are made in the image of God. And we bear God's image in the earth. And so because of that, man... You are immensely valuable, right? You have infinite worth because you're made in God's image. I mean, you bear, bear the mark of your creator. And that's huge. And that's huge. 
God has specific plans uh, for each of our lives, right? And He wants us to figure out what that is. We know that God made us on purpose, right? And part of the adventure of life is figuring out what that purpose is. Every human being is made in the image of God with a purpose. So what is that purpose? Why did God make us? What is the purpose of our lives? And so I feel like, man, we can, for the purpose of our talk tonight, we're going to lump that into two categories. God's specific planning for your life and then God's general plan for your life. God does have specific things he wants you to do, man. There's specific things only Bryce can do. Only Kiki can do, right? Only Izzy can do. Only Reese can do. Only Mary can do. Only Jalen can do. And all the rest of your names, right? There's something that only you can do. God's got a specific thing that he wants you to do. Uh, maybe it's a career he wants you to pursue. Uh, you know, you know maybe, maybe it's a certain calling to fulfill something. Uh, he has specifics, and I believe he's going to guide you and direct you in that. He's got something specific for you. But also, God has a general purpose that's the same for each and every one of us. Every human being that's ever lived, God has a general purpose that's the same for all of us. And it's twofold. It's twofold. The first is this, that we would know him. Right? That's, that's the first. The purpose of your life. Say, Matt, why do I exist? And why, what's my purpose? What, why did God create me? Well, there could be a lot of reasons, but these are two that I know for sure. He created you to know him, to have relationship with him, to enjoy him, and have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. That's the first one, that you would know God, to know God, to know him. And the second one is that you would make him known to others. That you would make him known to others. So let's talk about that first one. God created you to know him. God created you to know him. God didn't have to create people, right? What we understand from scripture is that he created people because he loves us, because he wanted that uh, communion with us. He wanted that relationship with us, right? And so, so he created us to be in relationship with us, to enjoy him, to delight ourselves in him. Uh, and if you're in a place where it's like, man, I, I'm not in relationship with God. I'm far from God. Well, know that when God loves you, he wants you to be in a close relationship with him. He went through great lengths to ensure that you could be in relationship with him. That when every single one of us, man, we're far from God, uh, the, the sin nature that we, we inherited, and right when we were born, the, the sinful activities we participate in and continue to pursue, uh, times that we are prideful, times that we're selfish, times that we do things that hurt ourselves, hurt other people, what the Bible calls sin. These things separate us from God. But God loves you too much to keep you that way, right? And so he went through great lengths by sending his son Jesus. I mean, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. Sending his son Jesus to you know, live that perfect life, to die on the cross in our place. So instead of receiving judgment for everything we've ever done wrong, we can receive grace and mercy from God. Instead, we can have our sins forgiven, like Chris prayed uh, at the end of our worship time, right? We can put our trust in Jesus, say, God, please forgive me of our sins of my sins, and he does, right? He cleans our heart, he gives us a fresh start uh, in him, and we can have that relationship with God. That's what God wants for you, right? He wants you to be in relationship with him, to be close with him. And the second thing is he wants you to make him known to others, right? To share the hope you found in Jesus with the people around you. He wants to use you in that way. Just like we talked about last week, all of us as believers are called to make disciples. All of us as believers are Christ's ambassadors. So if you missed last week, we talked about, that's where the name Chi Alpha, that's where we get that name from. When you see Chi Alpha, just think Christ's ambassadors. Right? The words that, uh, the, those Greek words that in our English Bible read Christ's ambassadors, and we take those first two Greek letters, we get that idea of Chi Alpha, uh, ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors for Jesus, uh, here on the college campus, here in the city, around the world. Um, but each and every one of us are called to be ambassadors for Jesus, to, to, to make him known to the people around us. 
And just as Jesus promised in the Great Commission that we looked at last week, that He's going to be with us as we proclaim Him to the world, God gives that same encouragement to Jeremiah. So let's jump back. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6. How did Jeremiah respond to God's call? How did he respond? So God said, Jeremiah, I'm calling you. I want you to be my prophet to the nations. How did Jeremiah respond? Nope. Not me, God. It can't be me. I'm too young. I'm too experienced. I don't know enough. And say again, the same way a lot of us would respond. I'm too shy. God, I'm not a people person. Uh, People don't really like me. Whatever, right? Um, We're afraid of what others will think or say or do if we fully embrace what God's call on our life is. And what's what's mom going to think, right? If I really step into this purpose, I feel like God's guiding me. Right, what are my friends going to think if I really start speaking and the words I feel like God's putting on my heart, the things that He's teaching me through His Word, the, 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 the things I'm learning about Him, and are my friends going to think I'm weird if I start talking about that? We worry about what people think, we worry about what people say, we worry about what people are going to do, and that fear of people, man, keeps us from stepping into God's purpose for our life. But he doesn't want that for you, right? He wants you to be able to embrace all that He has for you. We're afraid of what others think, but the Lord gives this promise in verse 8. He says, don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you, and I'll protect you. So Jeremiah, I know you're saying you're too young, but it's really not your age. You're worried that people are going to think you're too young, and I'm telling you, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm going to be with you. This is the exact same promise that Jesus gave, remember from last week in Matthew 28, 20, that surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Man, we don't have to be worried about what other people are going to think about us stepping into God's purpose for our lives because Jesus is going to be with you, right? God's going to go with you. You can embrace all that God has for you because He's going to be with you through it. You can speak boldly the words that He gives you because He's going to protect you and He's going to use it in the lives of the people around you for His glory. Let's look, look at this last verse. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth. I don't know what that felt like. Right? I don't know what that felt like. I know when Isaiah uses a similar picture, he talks about like a hot coal being touched to his lips. That sounds really unpleasant. But God touched... Jeremiah's mouth here and says, I'm giving you these words. I'm going to put words in your mouth. The Lord would give Jeremiah a specific message to proclaim to the people. And again, we talked about what that message was. And there are several different forms of that message. Jeremiah is a long book. And as you're going through Jeremiah, there's different forms of that message. But generally, it was very similar to this. Stop your sinning and stop serving idols and come back to God. Right? Turn away from idols. Turn away from these other gods you started worshiping and come back to God. Come back to the God of your, uh, of your ancestors. Come back and serve God again. Um, and then warnings of judgment. And if you keep persisting this evil and wickedness, there's going to be judgment that's going to come upon you. We're going to be conquered. We're going to be taken into exile. The people don't listen, but that's the message that God gave Jeremiah to proclaim. And so this brings us to the theme of our series. Right? This is where we're going with this. Um, this brings us to the theme of our series. We're calling this series, I've Got Something to Say. Hi, my name is Matt, and I've got something to say. I've got something to say. I believe the Lord wants to use you as well, just like Jeremiah, as a mouthpiece to the people around you. Right? You may not get a national platform. You may not get a book in the Bible. No, you're definitely not going to get a book in the Bible. Right? That, that, that ship sailed. Right? But you may not be known worldwide, but God wants to use you to speak to your generation. That may just be your friend group. That may be your classmates. That may be your coworkers. That may be your family. But God wants to use you to speak. Right? God wants to give you a word to speak to them. I've got something to say. I believe God wants to use you as his mouthpiece. He wants to speak through you. 
to friends, to family members, to classmates, to coworkers, to strangers, right? There's going to be things that you study in God's Word. They're going to so resonate with your heart that you're like, man, i got to tell somebody that. And you're not going to be content until you do, right? There's going to be things God teaches you, reveals to you. It's like, i got to share that with somebody. Right? Things that, that God's doing in your life, doing in your heart. You're going to see someone that you really love and care about, and you're going to know they're not right with God. They're far from God, and that's going to grieve your heart. Be like, man, i got to tell them about the hope I've found in Jesus. i got to tell them about the huge difference Jesus made in my life. Like, hey, friend, man, come and listen to me. My life used to be a hot mess, right? It was terrible, right? And then Jesus came in. Here's where I am now. Here's the hope I found in him, the joy I have in him. You're not going to be able to keep yourself from telling him, right? God wants to use you in that way. I've got something to say. Again, he may not be calling you to be a national prophet, but as a child of God, you do have a prophetic voice wherever God has you. Right? If you're in a situation, maybe it's your biochem class, right? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a drafting class. Uh, maybe it's at McDonald's. Wherever God has you, as a child of God, as a son or daughter of God, you have a prophetic voice there. If you'll use it, say, God, use me. And man, what a great prayer to pray. Holy Spirit, use me with these coworkers, with these classmates, with these friends, with these family members that are far from you. God, would you give me something to say to them? Words of life and encouragement that's going to draw them back towards you. God wants to use you in that way. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to have each of our Chi Alpha staff, as well as several guest speakers, come and share the message that God has laid on their heart. Not just any message, but a specific message that really resonates with them. When I was cast a vision for it over the summer, I said, I want you to come and preach your best sermon ever, right? In fact, we're almost called a series that, your best sermon ever. I want you to come and share your best sermon ever, like the, the message that so resonates with you that when you just, when you speak about it, you're just man, on because this is, this is something you're so passionate about, so excited about. Come and share that. So over the next few weeks, you're going to hear from each of our Kyle staff, also some guest speakers as well. Uh, Michael Byer, uh, pastor of Believing Church here in Memphis, is going to come and speak. I uh, also have Mary Lyons Brown, uh, Mary uh, Pioneers Chi Alpha at um, Historically Black Colleges and Universities in the Atlanta area. She's going to come and speak to us in October and uh, make sure the message is on her heart. Uh, it's going to be really good. And so each of these weeks, you're going to have a life-changing message, right? This is a message that really, really resonates uh, with the speaker, something that I feel like God's given them to say. And I'm thrilled about it, right? So it's called, I've Got Something to Say. It's going to go for the next several weeks. And you're not going to miss a single one. It's going to be really, really, really good. Uh, and I'm excited for it. So that's over the next several weeks. I've got something to say. But to wrap up here, what about you, though? What about you? Sitting in the seats. What about you, student? Will you allow God to speak through you and call the people around you back to relationship with Him? Will you embrace the purpose and the calling that the Lord has for your life? Right? God called Jeremiah. I mean, God's calling you as well. He's got a purpose and a plan for your life. I don't know all the specifics. We don't do that. I'm not, oh, you're going to marry this person and you're going to go live here. I'm not going to do that. But I do know the general. And the general is this. God's purpose for your life is for you to know Him, to have a relationship with Him, and to make Him known to the people around you. And I feel like, man, once you step into that purpose, some of those other specifics, they're going to work themselves out. Jesus promises much, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, He said, if you seek me first, right, put the kingdom of God first, all these other things, the details, and they're going to fall into place. God can handle those things, right? But seek Him first. Make Him first. It won't be easy, right? Pursuing God, stepping into God's purpose, it won't be easy. It wasn't easy for Jeremiah. People didn't like hearing Jeremiah's message. 
when, people, when Jeremiah started proclaiming this message, imagine that. People didn't like hearing that they're in sin and that they're serving idols and false gods and it's, it's uh, grieving the heart of God. And, the, and the, they, don't, they don't like hearing that. People don't like hearing that they're doing wrong. And so Jeremiah was abused and mistreated. And people said, shut up, man. I don't want to hear all that. It may be when you start to speak up, you have people also oppose you and say, I'm not trying to hear all that, right? That's okay. That's okay. Uh, trust that God's with you. Trust that God's going to use you. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, this is the, the, the last verse that's up there. Jer- Jeremiah had, had been mistreated for, for a while here. Had people abuse him, mistreat him, tell him to shut up. Terrible things happened to him as you read Jeremiah's book. Uh, all because he was just trying to be a mouthpiece for God and see what God had told him to say. And Jeremiah was saying, God, I'm done. I, I can't keep doing this. Like, you're going to have to pick somebody else. You're going to have to do something else. I can't keep being your mouthpiece to these people that are just treating me so bad. Uh, but as he goes on in this complaint, he starts to get real with it. He says in verse 9, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, but if I say, I'll not mention his word or speak any more in his name. Right? So God, if I just said, I'm never going to talk about you again. Even if I said that, if I'm being honest, he says, his word in my heart is like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Say, God, even if I wanted to stop talking about you, I can't. I can't. Because it's like a fire that's within me. I believe God wants to put, put a word in your heart. It's going to be like that fire. That's, man, I just got to tell my friends. I got to tell my friends that there's a God that loves them, what Jesus has done for them, the hope I found in Christ, uh, that it be like that fire shut up inside. That, that even if you're like, man, God, I really don't even want to say it, but I'm going to because I can't help it. can't help but say it. Um, that fire shut up in our bones. That's what we want. I'm going to take some time. I'd like to pray for you guys. Um, Jack, would you mind to, to come to the piano? I want to pray that, that God would begin to reveal a specific purpose and calling to the people that are in this room tonight. And some of you guys are in a place where you're desperate for a word from God. That God, I need some direction like yesterday about some key things that I need to hear from you tonight. You may be here tonight and say, man, I, I really need to hear from God. Man, I do want to step into that general purpose. I, I do want to go deeper in my personal relationship with God. I, I do know I can be better about sharing my faith with those around me. Coincidentally, Friday at the Pizza Theology, we're going to be talking about man, how you can better share your faith with the people around you and give you some good tools for that and help you with that. Um, so you say, man, I, I know I'm supposed to do that, but there's some specific things I need guidance on. Man, I, I'd love to pray with you tonight about that. So you guys are saying, man, I know I'm in a place that's really far from God. And, and, and I need to get that relationship with God right. And, and I know my main purpose in life is to enjoy God. And I don't even think about it throughout the day. I know that's not right. I feel conviction. I, I, I need to come back to God. I'm going to pray for you as well. Some of you guys say, man, uh, I just need to pray for some boldness. To share my faith with the people around me. That sounds scary. I need God to give me the courage of boldness. I'd love to pray for that as well. There's a hundred things we could pray about, right? But I'd love to pray, pray for you in this moment. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do, we've got a lot of room up here. Um, if you would come and find some space uh, to stand, if you want to kneel, you can do that as well. In this area here, you wanted to respond to one of those things in prayer. Uh, and one, one of the staff here, Derek and Allie, around love, love to pray with you about that. Um, and just ask you what we can pray about and agree with you in prayer. Uh, we're just going to take some moments. Jackie's going to play, and we're just going to see God again. Okay, so the next few moments are just you and uh, Jesus. Uh, this space here is open. If you want to come on down and pray, uh, feel like you can come on down. We'd love to pray with you. Father God, thank you. 
God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that you are not a God who created us and has left us on our own to struggle in the darkness, that you are the God that guides us, that directs us, that has a plan and a purpose for our life. God, you're not, you didn't leave us just stumbling in the dark, God, but, but you want to direct our paths. You want to be that light to our paths. Show us which way to go. God, some of us need direction. We need to know what that next step is. Some of us need a critical direction on a, a, a time-sensitive issue, man. We need to hear your voice. We need to hear from you. God, some of us are far from you, God. And we just want to come to a place of humility and repentance and saying, God, I know I've not been doing what I need to do, God. Please forgive me of my sins. Help me to get right with you tonight uh, and live in a way that pleases you. God, give us courage. Give us boldness. God, to, to, to live out that purpose that we know we're supposed to live, God, and to, and to be your voice to the people around us. Praise you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, work on hearts. Work on hearts tonight, God. In Jesus' name. We're just going to pray. Seek him for these next few minutes together.